Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. I think this is where we're at. It's, it's going to be wild, but like... If, as just a straight fan of the game, why is Wild bad? With SI's Pat Forty. Pat Forty, bad man <laughs> for the Manning. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Start with some transfer portal, Pat. Always. A lot of news. This time of year, there's nothing going on, but there's stuff. There's, it's like there's a lot in the spring, and there'll be a bunch after the spring games. Yeah, exactly. Then we will get there'll be a little lull and then we get going again. A lot of guys are going to figure out where they're where they sit on the depth chart in the next three, four weeks as we do these spring games. Yep. We've had we've had a kind of a first wave and then we got a big wave coming up on April 23rd. Couple this weekend, but it's Easter weekend, so not as many. And uh, yeah, as as things sort themselves out, players commence leaving. I mean, Ohio State is this weekend. What's the quarterback rotation there? And obviously, that is a school with a ton of talent. Just some guys peel off if if you know you realize you're fourth on the depth chart, third on the depth chart, not getting not getting some time in these games. This is, it definitely is added to the a little bit to these games, right? Yeah, right. I like I I hate spring football for the most part, but it has become a separator, uh, and where you're now going to see players. Uh, go from disappointing spring or not playing as much as they want to suddenly, boom, they're in the portal, and then they're off to somewhere else uh, at the end of the semester. So uh, I've had coaches tell me now, you know, that this is as busy as any other point in the year when it comes to recruiting retention uh, and figuring out your roster. You know, there used to be different times in the recruiting cycle that were busier and this was not one of them but that's definitely not the case now april and may um all about picking up players or losing players and filling vacancies that suddenly appeared because you lost players yeah i'm sure a lot of programs are going to watch that game thinking who's going to be the next quinn ewers and he looks like oh yeah he looks like Keith from righteous gemstones right now he he was just at a press conference (laughs) and he's got a little long shaggy hair going on and he he might might need to get it trimmed up i'm all about the long shaggy hair but (laughs) a little little untamed yeah he's he's got it going on man he's got it going on it's good good head on him he's now yes he's developed a like trademark hair kind of like trevor lawrence said not not necessarily the same look but the same it's kind not of not as dreamed of, as Sunshine was. No, it's it's more more <laughs> no, Tarzan. No, no. no. Right. Yes. 
So I, I the coaches lament this, but it's it is kind of wild. It's wild. I don't blame them for lamenting it, but it is like snap counts in spring ball and at least communication about why you get that snap count is paramount. Yep. Because you can't just sit there anymore and say, hey, better work hard between now and camp. Right. They'll go work hard somewhere else. Because, yeah, I would bet every coaching, every major program or every program in the country should be watching. We're just using Ohio State as the example because they're playing this weekend. But you watch that thing and go, I noticed the fourth string linebacker be all right for us. He was pretty good in high school. He only got two snaps. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day's going full contact in this game, too, because they're. They open with Notre Dame, so they have to be ready to roll. There you go. Um, six months from now or five months from now. But uh, so this is what this is where we're at. JT Daniels is a big name who uh, left Georgia. Georgia's got a few. Now they're adding a bunch and they're recruiting. But JT Daniels is heading to West Virginia. He's reuniting with uh, offensive coordinator Graham Harrell there. It seems like a great fit for both programs, don't you think? Yeah, no, for I both think player and program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is, I mean, West Virginia dying for a quarterback. You know, Neil Brown was from the old, you know, Hal Mummy air raid school and uh, had some early success with Troy and then got the job at West Virginia. And and they've kind of stagnated there. And part of that was just not having a quarterback who could really chuck it around the way that that they wanted to. You know, last year they were – 134 passer rating the year before that 133 the year before that 127 I mean the, those numbers are not going to do it they're going to go back to when Will Greer was the quarterback and they could really throw they they need somebody at that position in that offense and you bring in Graham Harrell now who was uh, JT's uh, offensive coordinator at USC and then you get JT and we'll see if he can kind of conjure back the uh the his USC freshman form when he was very good uh, and was a big deal recruit coming in there. And then he got hurt and it was a numbers game and Keaton Slovis came in and he was very good. And, you know, then you go to Georgia and it just wasn't a very good fit there. They loved Stetson Bennett all along and he had injury problems there. Durability is the big obvious question mark with JT Daniels. But when he's been healthy, uh, he's been good. You know, that freshman year, in moderate playing time, he started a bunch, but he he, he threw for 2,600 yards. He had 14 touchdowns. He was very good when I saw him in person against Notre Dame at the end of that year, and that Notre Dame team finished the season undefeated. Uh, so I think it's a great fit and could get West Virginia to get that offense back cranking and make them uh, a contender again in the Big 12. Yeah, Neil Brown, 5-7, and 6-4, and 6-7 so far. Just has not got it quite going. Guess who they got in the opener? They got Pitt they got and Pitt. Keaton Slovis. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Who followed JT at USC is now at Pitt and certainly got a, a great chance to be expected to be the starter there. And how, how cool is it that we get a backyard brawl on opening weekend? Thank, you know, that's great. That's good I'm, scheduling. That is excellent scheduling, and I'm just glad that game is back on for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I don't know. Is that permanent now, or did they well, just Well, do- almost. They've, they've got two different contracts. They're playing 22 through 25. And then yep. there's like a three-year break, and then a play. they play four more years or three more years, like 29 through 31 or 32. So uh, we're going to get more backyard brawling. College football is always better with more brawling. Yeah, I think college football is better when, when West Virginia is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're just, it's just a fun program to have, like, good. Oh, yeah. And great fan base. 
You know, we had one guy on Twitter inviting you and I to come drink Bush Light in the blue lot with him and Bob Huggins. I'm not sure Bob Huggins is going to accept his invitation, but we will. I'll bring my own beer. (laughs) I love that stadium. Yeah. The whole scene. Love it. Morgantown is awesome. It's a great place. Underrated place if you want to go like for a weekend to watch a game. Yeah, they get after it. And Pitt better stock up because you got Mountaineers coming in week one and the Volunteers coming in the week after. So they, they better... For Pitt? Yeah, they better stock up on Bush Light in Pittsburgh starting now. <laughs> Pitt's playing West Virginia, then then Tennessee. Yeah. That's good. Uh, West that. Virginia's starting a series with Penn State, too, uh, which is good. Yeah. So absolutely. I like that. And I, they really need to do some stuff because it's a, it's just a program that you kind of worry about a little. It's just... You know, although maybe the the new Big 12 is just a better, you know, you never want to lose Texas and Oklahoma financially and all that. But you add Cincinnati, it's a little less Texas based. You're not such yeah. an outlier. Maybe that can help West Virginia because I, I, I'd i like to see West Virginia do well, but it just sort of doesn't fit. Doesn't, no, doesn't did not fit in the old Big 12. Just didn't terrible fit. fit in the old Big 12. Still a shaky fit in the new Big 12, but better, in my opinion. You know, you're at least you. You do have Cincinnati as kind of your partner out there on the eastern frontier. Uh, Central Florida is at least in the eastern time zone. You know, BYU's the complete outlier now on the other side of the country, but in more ways than one with that fan base too. They're outliers. Well, West Virginia and BYU. Those are those are two contrasting fan bases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like if we if we ever do something of of fan bases with nothing in common in the same conference. Uh, when those two get, they, they, that's got to be the leading pair, doesn't it? As mountain people go, both are mountain people. <laughs> both are mountain people. They do have that. Not, oh, there's nothing in common. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine telling like the people in Morgantown that no drinking? <laughs> yeah. You got to go find a 2% like, beer somewhere, buddy. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Y'all serious? Yeah. <laughs> You're all serious about that? Like for real? <laughs> we got to go yeah. to Salt Lake City to have fun from Provo. Is, is that fun? <laughs> yeah. Georgia. So Georgia loses JT Daniels, of course. Uh, not a huge surprise. They also are out two offensive linemen. Um, and this is the part where I think there'll be this. I, I'm fascinated to see how the, the NIL bubble goes, whether it expands or pops. Amarius Mims was the number five recruit in America, the number one player in the state of Georgia in 2021. Uh, if you were giving big NIL money, you would give it to him. Yeah. Uh, he had, he'd gone. He's probably, he, I think he's at Florida State this weekend on a visit. Clay Webb was the 28th best player in the country. Number one offense uh, center uh, in the class of uh, tw- 2019. He's gone. So, uh, again, like, you know, maybe that's just the cost of doing business. Or do you sit there and say, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm wondering where what happens when a, it's one thing to ask boosters to throw into a big pot and it goes to like building facilities or helping scholarships. Or, hey, the weight room's good. Some people used it. Um, we mentioned Quinn Ewers, but like what point when you throw in that money and then you go, man, I, I didn't get anything out of that. Or you lose faith, faith in the coach. Obviously, I'm losing faith in the coach of Georgia. But or do you just sit there and say, oh, this is it. This is what this is the cost of me being a Georgia fan. I don't know, but there's going to be a ton of, I mean, Mary's Mims transferring. I mean, Georgia's going to be fine, but you would not. I mean, th- that was a 
battle for that guy. If you're losing a guy who is highly rated from class of 2019, you're probably not that worried about it. You've had him on campus for three years and maybe just hasn't developed and the competition's better than he is. But a 2021 top five guy, uh, you know, losing him, even even at a place like Georgia, you'd probably feel it or at least be be regretting having him go and hoping like, hey, we, we you know, we could have let's see if we can get to the bottom of this guy for another year and and develop him. And now uh, you lose somebody like that. But that is that is the price of being Georgia, you know, and, and Alabama has gone through some of this where you bring in so many good players. The competition level is so high. You're going to have superstar recruits who can't get on the field and they're not going to sit around and wait. That is uh, is what it is. And yeah, like, yeah, Florida State, supposedly they're rolling out the red carpet for him down there. And that Florida State needs guys like that. My God, have you seen the Florida State offensive line the last three or four years? Disaster. So that's the area of acute need for them. Yeah, that's one where you get your boosters together and say, we need that guy. Let's get it done. And in the new NIL era where you're not supposed to, it's not supposed to be a recruiting inducement. It sure as hell is. And so we'll see uh, who puts together what for five-star top five 2021 guy who's in the portal. They might not have had a a, a proposal after a loss to a D2 team uh, if they had Mims last year. <laughs> <laughs> FCS. FCS. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. D two, but yeah, now, I wonder how that that wedding is going. We didn't, yeah, did we, right? We need an update. Did they, yeah, we, I think we did the the gift the gift thing, right? We did look at the gift exchange or the yeah the gift registry. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to get back on that. Coach Saban has weighed in. Coach Saban has weighed in on the NIL. Yeah, I, I don't think what we're doing right now is sustainable. He told our friend Ralph Russo from the AP. That creates a situation where you basically buy players. You can do it in recruiting. I mean, if that's what we want college football to be, I don't know. And you can also get players to get in the transfer portal to see if they can get some more someplace else than they can get at your place. Uh, here's the thing. I mean, there's something where you go, well, let's make them employees and I'll pay them equal. Or you have a sour cat. That's just going to go right back to the cheating. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's no different than what we had before. Right. So I, I don't know. I yeah, I think that's what we, that's what college football is going to be. And that you yes, you can artificially cap it, but there will be ways around the cap if there is a, such a thing. And this is to me, this is Saban firing a warning shot as much as anything. When the last time I remember hear, hearing him say, "Is this what we want college football to be?" He was talking about hurry up offense. Yes, yeah, right off that. But then it's like, okay, if that is what it is going to be, then we'll do it better than everyone else, and we'll kick your ass. And if I, he I, makes I, a viable I, point. He, he says, you know, yeah, they can do it. Obviously, their guys made a ton of money, probably yeah. more than anybody else. And as he rightfully points out, it's can you get to the league? That's where the big money is. That's yes, that's still what it's about now player retention and certainly some short-term recruiting gains can be had by saying, yeah, will you come here, you know, Bryce Young, we'll, we'll set you up with six figures, maybe even seven figures worth of stuff, uh, and that'll help. But the coin of the realm is still going to be what happens on draft day, and that's why George is going to keep recruiting when they have a million defensive guys get picked here in a couple of weeks, and Alabama's going to certainly have their share guys get picked, and that'll help them more than anything else. Don't know that there's a way to stop this. They could they talk about regulating, but 
as long as you have the NIL, I, I, I just I don't know what solution they can come up with. And they're talking about federal guidances, and that's never going to happen. I mean, they can't even have a hearing without half the people arguing about <laughs> transgender athletes or something. I guess <laughs> they're never going to be disciplined enough to come up with a solution in Congress. I think this is what it is. I. I think people just got to be okay with it. And I'm not saying Saban isn't. He doesn't say that right. shouldn't be how it is. And then if you police it, how much different is it than the old system? You know, you're going to... Nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. And Everybody gets 10 done. grand. Okay. Well, then we'll just pay you extra on the side. We've done this. Right. And yes. And the policing is ineffective, as we know. You know, uh, the, <laughs> the attempts to police paying players in college athletics <laughs> have been wildly ineffective for decades. Uh, and so. the only way they ever really are able to catch people, I mean, they ask them to give up their bank accounts and all that, but was because players were poor. You could never <laughs> catch a rich player. Right. There were no NCAA rules for a rich player. <laughs> so they could go to them and say, how did you get this Cadillac, if you want, or the Trans Am, the Trans A&M? I remember there was a, a basketball player they caught, and it, the car was... Uh, at his his aunt's house, and the aunt's it was registered who his aunt. His aunt lived in a thirty thousand dollar house, and the car was worth sixty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> and you go, it's a little. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. a little little eyebrow high rising. It's like, hey, this I like spending money. I don't need a good house. I need my nephew to have an incredible car. It seems a little sketch. So they're just gonna keep doing it. The 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 pro ranks don't do it because these owners are scared of losing their massive investment and they're they don't want to spend extra money. But even then, there's there's always a little like, well, maybe getting business later or something like that. But for the most part, there isn't. I think this is where we're at. It's it's going to be wild. But like, if as just a straight fan of the game, why is wild bad? Right? No, I, I mean that's again, it just is outside of the structure and control that has been the way coaches and administrators have lived for decades. And they're uncomfortable in a less structured, less controlled marketplace. That's what this mostly boils down to. And I think they hate that, like, I think I have a chance to sign this kid. I should sign this kid. I'm the best place for you to go to school. And in the end, he goes somewhere else for more money. And they're very frustrated at that. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's like, you know, you could be like, this receiver would be perfect for us in the NFL, but I don't have the salary cap. And I, I got to let him go, right? The Kansas City Chiefs said, I want to let Tyreek Hill go. But they didn't have the money to pay him. And so money money factors in. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I mean, Saban did just buy 50% of Nashville Mercedes-Benz in 2016. So maybe he's a little mad about that <laughs> investment. Not bad. <laughs> you go. I can get you a sweet deal on a on a Benz in Nashville, kid. I think right. this is just chaos. I don't I don't know how they solve it. I think that they almost need a few years to see where it all the water settles, and then that's exactly right. I think because we've just got to kind of power through this stretch here of may have largely uncontrolled, you know, unpoliced uh, environment. Yeah, and mayhem is a good word for it. And then just uh, I think that. We will all survive. The game will survive. Maybe some of the coaches won't because they'll be tired of this sort of thing, but they'll figure it out. They'll figure out how to operate within or or without whatever the structure is as as we continue to to let it uh, develop. So uh, it is wild. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure it is frustrating for all of your old school tried and true methods of recruiting to somewhat be 
not eradicated, but compromised. You know, if, if, he, if he used to be going about going into the home and saying, you know, we're going to take care of Johnny here and we're going to treat him like family and we're going to be his parents away from home and da, 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 da. And, you know, all that's the stuff that maybe used to work. And now all of a sudden here comes school X saying, well, all that's well and good, but we can offer 300,000 and they're only offering a hundred thousand. And so the kid makes that decision. Well, okay. That's where we are. Uh, again, I do think both with the transfer portal and with NIL that this spike at the moment will calm down to a degree and we'll get a kind of a better read on just what the landscape's going to be. It's just getting through this point in time. And look, if if we had the same school get the number one recruiting class every single year, pretty much, or like eight of 10 yeah. years, that was Alabama and the other was Georgia. And it's the same. I'm, I'm willing to risk a little chaos. We had no chaos. <laughs> right. You know, and and I'll just do uh, quickly on the side note, like the the women's gy- the gymnastics championship is this weekend. There's four Olympians competing, including Sinise Ali. It's awesome, right? Um, a couple might have done it anyway, but that sport, uh, I guarantee, will get the highest rating. I, I, I would highly predict it would get the highest ratings and the most interest in it because people want to watch Suni Lee compete. Yeah. And Jordan yeah. Childs and Grace McCallum and and Jade Carey and all of them, and that's and and for gymnastics and for those kids they get to compete. And Suni Lee's not even the favorite to win the title, right? It's a, a little different sport, so she's yeah. in a fight. I think it's awesome, right? So no, gymnastics is selling. I mean, you saw that at Auburn all fall. I mean, they were selling out their every every single meet at at Auburn was sold out. I they saw sold the tickets out up like a hundred percent too. Yeah, like they're it's good for the sport really good of course yeah so there's no and there, there's a new revenue stream you think they were making any sort of money on gymnastics before maybe a little bit in a couple of places but what's you know. this thing worth when when the ncaa starts bidding these sports out not packaged what are these things worth what is what is women's basketball worth what is gymnastics right. worth yep. what is we talked about volleyball what are some of these sports worth? You, you've got a lot more interest if you're sitting there as uh, at gymnastics saying well, every four years we're getting these top, the, you know, the next the next wave of the gymnasts are coming to compete for. Simone, we, they, they literally told Simone Biles, we don't want to be in business with you. Yeah, right. And everyone else on earth wanted to be in business with Simone Biles. Yep. And they said, we're not, yep. not us. Yeah. No, the combination of the, yes, the, the like incomprehensible packaging of the rights of everything and not trying to bid out and find out what each sport was worth is amazing. And then, yeah, the whole, the, the very premise and idea that they were so unwelcoming to Olympic stars. I mean, people that drew massive audiences and having them involved in college athletics. Are you kidding? I, I mean, like I'll go back to NCAA women's swimming it was fantastic. There were Stanford had four Olympians, Virginia had three Olympians. Uh, there was Wisconsin had one. Alabama had one. There's a lot of those, and I know that have swimsuit deals worth you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, that would not have been there if it weren't for NIL. They probably would have gone straight pro or or gone pro by then, by now. Uh, so, you know, thank God that you're getting some of those people. I think I think 14 million was the, the television audience for. For the all the uh, women's all around that Sunisa Lee won, I could get a that's not bad. Like that. 14 not a million. bad number for a gymnastics it's Olympics, but so yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, it's, I mean, we're just gonna keep 
talking about it. Um, there were some good recruiting bits this week, though. Uh, Clemson picked up Christopher Vizina, I believe is how you say his last name. He is a like, top 60 player nationally, high four-star. Here's why that's interesting on a few different tea leaves. He's from Birmingham, Alabama. He's not heading to Alabama, which isn't unusual, but he's not, not heading to Alabama. He was very tight with Notre Dame. Also, Clemson got him. Now, to me, this suggests three things. We're just going to read the tea leaves. One, Clemson's out on the Arch Manning deal, which is not unusual, but that kind of confirms it. Right. Yep. Notre Dame is still very confident they can get Dante Moore, quarterback from Michigan, who's a five-star, or else, you know, maybe they can. I don't know quite how it goes, but it's certainly a sign, and it's size Alabama doesn't mind losing them either. They think they can get Arch Manning or somebody else. So, Sort of some tea leaf stuff. Also, I was told the Arch Manning Virginia trip, Virginia's not getting them. We'll see. Come on, man. That's no fun. Let's it was wait, more I, of a courtesy I, visit. I don't know, but he was there. Yeah, but so as, cool as your the, jets. As the official Arch Manning podcast, I, I I like having Virginia in the mix for just the pure let's just pretend he's going. There you go. I I think I will. In my opinion, Virginia is the school to beat. Where if okay, we we, were, we actually talked about this. If you could if you could tell Arch Manning where to go to school, Pat, if Arch called you, <clears throat> mm-hmm. so where should I go to school? Where would Pat Forty pick? He should call me. I'd be happy to discuss it with him. I'd give him great advice. <laughs> ethical, uh, the ethical <laughs> violations of that. <laughs> bag man, Pat Forty, bag man for the Manning. No, just wherever you go, make sure I get the exclusive on your decision. Uh, I mean – it would be fun as hell to see him go to Virginia. But in terms of where should I go that I'm going to be in a great position to become the number one pick in the NFL draft, I'd, I'd, I'd go to Alabama. I mean, look what they've done with quarterbacks recently. Look who you're throwing to. Look who's protecting you up front. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it, hey, Georgia has done the best job recruiting as the national champions but hadn't been a quarterback-driven program. Uh, Alabama has become one. Uh, you know, Bryce Young winning the Heisman, Tua being a Heisman finalist, Mac Jones being a Heisman finalist. The Right now where they are, that is a red-hot quarterback school. So if I were Arch, that's what I would do. So I can't argue against anyone going to Alabama, like, hey, that's a bad idea, because obviously it is not. My personal sentiment, would I, I would like to see him go to Ole Miss, just because I think it would be most fun. That would be a lot of fun. You're welcome, Lane. Come to the sip. <laughs> yeah. I also would like to see the Quinn Ewers Arch Manning battle. Awesome. Oh, that would be that would be a blast. Texas, yeah, Texas. is back. <laughs> According to the ESPN FBI, they are. Yeah, what do they come in sixth? How really, really? That's so. That's like returning talent plus incoming talent, basically. I mean, I don't know how. How do you come on sixth? The FBI is the one that sometimes will be like, it'll be during the during the playoff chase, and they'll be like, uh, you know, they'll be like, Oregon State's got a 12% chance of making the play. They'll have some oh, crazy, right. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, how? <laughs> the t- here's the FBI for, uh, for ESPN.com. Alabama is number one. Ohio State is number two. Georgia is three. Now, yep. Those are all ranked 28.9, 28.3, 27.4. I have no idea how these numbers are. are I, don't, I don't understand them at all, but whatever. Uh, so those are the top three. Clemson is down at fourth, but they are at 23.2. Then you get to Notre Dame at 17.5 and Texas at 17.4. So there is a significant gap. 
Uh, but they are in at six. They edge out Michigan, Wolf, Oklahoma, Pittsburgh, Auburn. Auburn. Really? Okay. Auburn is 18th. Cody, that's not the spot. Uh, LSU, Penn State, Oklahoma State, A&M way down, 12.8. Again, I, mean, I don't. I don't know the numerics of this thing, but clearly, again, there'll be chaos. Yeah, let's see. Here's the top four. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Texas last year. Let's remember who Texas was last year. And I'm not saying they're going to be this bad again, but they lost by 19 to Arkansas in a game that wasn't that close. They gave up 55 to Oklahoma and blew a three-touchdown lead. They lost Oklahoma State. They lost to Baylor. They lost by 23 to a disappointing Iowa State team. They lost to Kansas, and they lost to West Virginia, a disappointing West Virginia team. That team all of a sudden is going to be transformed into the number six <laughs> program in America? Uh, okay. Basically, sure. one loss away from a playoff is where you're at there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Six? You're sitting there at the end hoping for a result. Yeah, right. I mean, that's where that's where Oklahoma State was, basically, and they were inches away. Oh, yeah. Go Horns. Hook them. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Hook them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hook them. Ross Dellinger, your colleague at SI, has a story out about Brian Kelly. Good story. It's a very good story. I did read it. I read the whole thing. Um, really well reported. Some pretty good quotes from Brian. One is on the culture fit. Everyone is like, oh, it's going to be this white guy from the Midwest going down there. It's going to be crazy. There's a little more spice to the food, maybe a little more rude than I'm used to, but it hasn't really been an adjustment that I've felt like this is really outside my comfort zone. He also, let's, let's start with that. I personally have said all along, I think way too much is made of this culture fit. Right. Uh, and they do get into that. If you win, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Part I liked more is he was going to focus heavy recruiting on Northern Louisiana, where they continually lose, particularly linemen. Yep. Uh, there's sort of di di different demographics to the state of Louisiana. Yep. And uh, they keep losing great players to Alabama from north. And he's actually signed guys from Shreveport before. I mean, I I'm sorry. It's not like Louisiana is different, but it's not that. It's not like you're going to Mars. <laughs> no. It's the closest thing to Mars we got in America. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's probably true. But. It is still America. Well, only you got to go way down on that. Like you got to get way down the bayou for that. The it's marsh, different, yeah. but at get the end the of the marsh. day, this guy can coach football. And the fact he's already analyzed and saw the mistakes that they're making, and how do we like? I'm. He's got his recruiting. He's like, I'm recruiting at Louisiana. We're going to lock down the north part of the state. We're going to recruit Houston. We're recruiting Atlanta and Miami. We're going to like. He's he's Brian Kelly. He's not a dumb guy. No. The fact He's he doesn't not. know how to make a crawfish boil is not going to change anything. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. I, I mean, you know, how hard is it to go to a crawfish boil? They act like this is like, oh my god! Hi, right, you got to eat some, eat some gumbo. You know what you do? You get a spoon out and eat the damn gumbo. It's, yeah. not, it's delicious. It's not yeah, it's what you say. Move on. This all got exacerbated by Brian Kelly's incredibly ham-handed attempts to sound country or sound southern when he got down there he claims you know? he claims in this story he always pronounces it family i remember somebody at the time got audio of him saying that exact word not too many weeks before then and it didn't sound anything like what he attempted to say so at a notre dame press conference yeah i remember that yeah yeah shoot shotgun holes full of that excuse but so what okay yes he came off trying to be a politician and it didn't work 
that's the offseason, man. When you get down to the season and LSU is better coached and better prepared, they're going to look better. They're going to play better. They're going to win more games. And nobody's going to give a damn what Brian Kelly sounds like. It's all going to be okay. As you alluded to, Dan, he's a really smart shrewd evaluator of a program. What do we need? What are we not good at? Where do we need help? That's all going to change. They're going to run a tighter ship. They're going to be better on game day, and they're going to just be more strategic about what they're doing. And eventually, then the, when the wins start coming, so, so do the recruits, and LSU's going to be back, and it's all going to be fine. They, the noted Cajun philosopher in the story, Bobby Hebert, uh basically said it in there. He said, you know, if he wins, it's all good. If he loses, we'll say Yankee, go home. <laughs> but they say that about anybody. They just they sent their, their favorite son go home. Yes. 19 absolutely. months after winning the title. So guess what it means to have sat around 700 crab, crab fish boils as a, as a kid? Nothing. Right. Yeah. right. If, uh, if you're not winning, you're out. If you're winning, you can be Martian. You can be Northeastern. You can be the Notre Dame guy, whatever. If you win, it's all good. They're more than anywhere. It's not going to take a shoe toss and a 55-yard kick to beat an average Florida team with Kelly at the helm. And that's what Notre Dame, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it doesn't work out. But before Brian Kelly got going at Notre Dame, the perception at Notre Dame, legitimately, people would say they'll never be good again. They can never compete for a national title again. They can never be relevant again. I mean, that's what people said. Oh, they like sure they, did. They, they did not win the national title, but they competed for it. They made three, two playoffs in a BCS title game. And if it was the old days when the way it used to work, you play one game in a bowl and you might they might have won it. Now it's just, you know, it's not the it's not the way anymore. That's no, why they, it's hard for these teams like Ohio State. You gotta we said Michigan last year. Michigan, if it had been the old system of Michigan, they go to the Rose Bowl. They're undefeated. They go to the Rose Bowl. They don't even have to play a Big Ten title game. They go to the right. Rose Bowl and play Utah. They yep. end up 13 and 0, and someone's voting them half a title. Hell at least. Yeah. And then, now that, yeah. go play in the big now you gotta play Iowa. Now you gotta play Alabama. And if you beat them, you got Georgia waiting for like okay, doesn't work. Right. Or they played no. what they played? They played Georgia, then they, they played Georgia yeah. and got absolutely Doesn't train wrecked. Matter. And if they be yeah. if they had somehow survived, it's a different era. So I, I'm I'm with him on this. It's not really outside yeah. his comfort zone. No, I think look, Brian Kelly between nineteen ninety-three and Brian Kelly arriving at Notre Dame in like two thousand nine or ten. Notre Dame, as you said, was 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 not quite dead, but it was pretty much a lost cause in terms of a national contender. Bob Davey couldn't do it. You know, the, the declining returns at the end for Lou Holtz. Bob Davey couldn't do it. Tyrone Willingham couldn't do it. Charlie Weiss couldn't do it. And that was the point where everybody's like, okay, if we've gone this long, we, we really it may just be systemically we're not able. And then all of a sudden Kelly comes in and by 2012 has an undefeated season and has them in a BCS championship game. And no, they were nowhere near as good as Alabama, but they were in the game. And then since then has consistently stayed good. They had the one bad year. He changed his staff. Uh, and then from 2018 through 2021, damn good program. Top six, seven program, basically annually, maybe even top five. That's that's how good Brian Kelly is because it's 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 not automatic in Notre Dame. There are a lot of advantages, but there are still some drawbacks. And the story did a good job talking about that too. It's like, you know, LSU 
you're going to recruit differently. You're just there's much easier to recruit to LSU for academic reasons. Uh, and he's going to kill it, I think, in recruiting there. And they're going to be better on the field. And LSU is going to be back as a national title contender. I I would bet on that. I you know the thing about Kelly is Kelly's like a he's not a a likable charismatic guy. I don't think he's I don't think he just it just doesn't he doesn't come across to fans around the country as like I don't know I kind of like that guy where maybe someone else's coach, you'd be like, ah, that guy's, he's all right, right? I may not, he may not be my team. So everyone dislikes Brian Kelly and they dislike Notre Dame. And then the Notre Dame fans spent years defending him. And then he bails on them six days before the, the championship. I mean, it, you know, unbelievable. And he says, oh, I had to. It was LSU's yeah. timeline. Very, very sketch that you'd leave a team that could conceivably play in the playoff. Yeah. But whatever. That was, that was terrible. So now the Notre Dame fans are like, you know, it's like, Oh, they were all right about him. Now they bash. Like, he has nobody supporting him. But I don't think the the accent and all that's going to matter. We will see, but uh, he's only got three commits right now. We'll see what they go. He doesn't have many players next year. He's got a ton of transfers coming in. I'm sure they will add more. Uh, I would expect by the 2023 season, though, LSU is is should be back in contention. Yeah. I mean, boy, I'm think about that SEC West with the way A&M is recruiting and with Alabama being permanent. And then you add a, a resurgent LSU to the mix. Mm-mm-mm. With Oklahoma and Texas knocking on the door, it's, it's good timing to be good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of A&M's recruiting, uh, defensive back Javon Thomas uh, commits to them. Or it's Javon, I don't know, J- however I'm pronouncing him. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. South Oak Cliff uh, in Dallas, uh, Big, big recruit, a really good four star top 150 player rivals and Texas is after, you know, A&M can start if A&M can continue to get city kids uh, recruit the Metroplex. I mean, you know, it's obviously huge. You get them and Texas doesn't or anyone else gets them. The intriguing part of this uh, commitment to me uh, doesn't surprise me. Good players are going to A&M three guys this week, but his commitment. Did you see his commitment graphic? You know, these kids now they commit. And they 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 they're in the uniform. They they you know they it's a, there's a big thing. So he does a commitment right. graphic. I, he is standing. So there are two. Uh, there's two pictures of him. He's standing inside uh, on Kyle, and the place is packed. He's in the A and M garb, and in one of them, he's holding two huge fish, uh, like pro, like like trophy fish by the tail, kind of. I don't know why. And then above him, there's a flag of the 12th man. There's a Texas flag. And then he's standing there holding a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, it's Hayes Fawcett from On3, I think, put the thing together. And he does a lot of those. But I, I've, I've, I've yet to get the ex- Do we get an explanation on the chainsaw and the fish? <laughs> This kid's I from hope Dallas. How much fishing is he doing? The fish. I yeah. I I don't know. I hope he's not going to chainsaw the fish. That would be a waste of good fish. It looks like like a king mackerel and uh, maybe a shark. It kind of is a shark. Be. Yeah. Were there any sharks in Dallas? Were there any not king to my mackerel? Knowledge. No. Uh, and, College Station and, is not on the water. I, no. I, I, and then. I mean, I'm a chainsaw guy, right? I mean, I'm all in favor of this. <laughs> of he's got a little Milwaukee chainsaw. Maybe he's getting a buck from them. I don't know. But like, <laughs> just, did so, did Milwaukee chainsaws give an NIL deal to a football player? Like, is this going to sell chainsaws? Maybe. From Texas? I, uh, Maybe it will. 
Where are Milwaukee? I mean, I would assume Milwaukee chainsaws are made in Milwaukee. I'm looking it up. They ought to buy this kid for Wisconsin. I don't know. I, I this whole <laughs> this chainsaw He's my new favorite player. I think. <laughs> well, he's absolutely is. Here we go. MilwaukeeTool.com. Let's see if we can get to the bottom of this. They do that. Definitely have saws. They got uh, a lot of like power equipment. And oh yeah, stuff. they got good good brands. Very good brand. Yeah, yeah. I um okay. man, I, yeah. I love it. I just <laughs> usually they like like everything else makes sense. <laughs> everything else makes sense. He's in the uniform. He's in the stadium. He's excited. This is great. He's right good for you too. Great number. Yeah, z- number zero. Kyle, he's excited. This is great. Big day for 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 him. What year? What year is he? Class of twenty four? Is he class twenty three? Twenty three. So you know, he's made his okay. commitment. Stand on business. Hashtag gig him. Thumbs up. And then he's got. But the chainsaw is just. I'm excited that young people are are using chainsaws. They call him the wrecking crew <laughs> down there. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh. I mean, I wish he was class of twenty four because. Milwaukee Tool was founded in 1924. It would be a 100th anniversary sort of tie-in there. And they have led the industry in developing innovative solutions that deliver increased productivity and unmatched durability for professional construction users. And they are not simply a manufacturer. They, we are progressive problem solvers. Hey, by the time, he'll be at A&M by then. So that's NIL money yeah. right there. 100 year. If they're having problems in the secondary, he can be their progressive problem solver. If they're, having, if they're having difficulties on the landscaping department, he can <laughs> uh, clearly. Or if they need someone to catch the dinner for the dining common. <laughs> He can do he that. He can go out and catch some fish, apparently, with his bare hands. Not bare. You know, he's yeah, got the, right. He bare has the receiver are, gloves. He got to stick them. You can smoke a little mackerel. A little, I've, I've done that. It's, it can be very tasty. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, and again, like the proportions, the, the mackerel is much bigger than the shark, which isn't really the way it works. So I need more that. info. I guess Ongoing they're to, to Kyle Field. Well, keep this guy away because that <laughs> chainsaw can take care of that. Yeah, I don't know. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is Urban uh, Meyer. said uh, on the Tim May podcast, he was asked about the possibility of returning to uh, Fox as a college football analyst. That's all still in conversation. I love Fox. I love their team. I love their guys. There's nothing that's been finalized yet. Yeah, but I plan on going back and doing it. I really enjoyed that. Enjoy celebrating those who play football. Celebrate those who coach it. It's a great game. Urban's prone to saying anything. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Let me put it this way. Urban Meyer is really good on TV. I think. Uh, even all many the many people who are don't like Urban Meyer, he was very good in his Fox work. Do you yes. want though Urban Meyer back on TV this year, or should he take a year off after this? Should the Jacksonville deal just be so bad that he can't comment, or do you want him back? Well, uh, real quick, I will say I, I might have to correct myself. It could be a Barracuda and not a King Mackerel. So, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, fishing. Well, you know, we'll 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 keep following that saga of exactly what fish. That's some fun fishing. Uh, troll, troll, Javon troll little Thomas bit. is. Yeah, yeah, super fast. Um, anyhow, uh, back to Urban Meyer. Uh, speaking of fishy, uh, I, I could do I could do a year without Urban. I have a little Urban fatigue. I'm kind of tired of him and would like him to go away. I agree, he is good on TV. Um, he's really good on Big Ten Network when you get him breaking down situations and and why teams do are doing what they're doing, that sort of thing. Uh, but I don't feel like I need Urban Meyer in my life in 2022. I'm I'm just fine going along without him. And you know, if he wants to, if we we can check back in in 2023 and see if I've reacquired a taste for Urban Meyer. But for now, no. 
go away. Yeah, he could start up his own Twitch or YouTube channel. He he actually could probably do really well on that. One of the things about Urban Meyer is he talks all the time about leadership and how to organize your staff. And, and that part was always interesting. And I just think he's lost all credibility after the Jacksonville thing, at least for the time being. Completely. A yeah. year off would probably be better. I mean, but if you want him to break down ball plays, fine. Don't tell him how to, yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't want to lecture on how to treat people. And I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, enough. Yeah, the leadership I mean, lower. Third, it was ridiculous right? before. It was yeah. ridiculous before. It was. But it, it's really ridiculous now. The guy is a great recruiter and motivator. That's, that's terrific. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to. He, all it says is I'll do something, you know, you got to urban's words. You never know. So we'll see if urban makes a uh, pitch for him on Twitch. Keep he, he, We don't need him on TV. We don't need him in uh, uh restaurant ownership either. <laughs> well, maybe actually that looked like the best place in suburban Columbus. It's not like <laughs> suburban Dublin, Ohio is full of really happening spots until urban. <laughs> I think we need um, more of urban. Go to Eddie house. George's place. If you're, you know, if you want that kind of place in Columbus, go to Eddie George's. I've been there. It's fine. Really? Is there dancing like that? Well, no, not, not when I've been. Out. I don't know what you're looking for, Pat. You might be a little <laughs> food boring. and beer and TVs. And Eddie George's place has that. Well, sometimes on the food, but still. Oh, look, I don't want Eddie on me for that. All right. Um, a little back to spring games. Um, Nebraska had their spring game early, which is kind of funny because it's not even spring out there. Practically, yeah. You think no. you'd wait a little bit? Yeah, it was snowing before Kentucky's, so uh, yeah. I guess it didn't go well. I don't know what these people were watching, but the spring game was bad. Apparently, <laughs> uh, there's a great Twitter uh, account called Message Board Geniuses at Board Geniuses. One of my favorite Twitter accounts. They've combed the message boards, and this one would be the Husker Online message board. So after the uh, after the spring game. Thread. So who's coaching Nebraska football in 2023? Well, that's, that's not too good. Um, <laughs> Smothers has looked worse than Purdy. He is terrible. He needs to go. Nice kid and good family, but he flat out sucks. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Four wins. Husker Drew uh, predicts uh, worst spring game of the past 20 years, according to member Got Carl. If you've watched 20 years of spring games, you need help. You need therapy right there. If you watched and recall 20 years of Husker spring games, God, there's nothing to do in Nebraska. Um, so not good. And then others are like, well, Mark Whipple's first spring game at Pitt was pretty rough. So the offense that year got better. People overreact. I mean, there's, there's a lot of debate. Pat, your thoughts on the Nebraska spring game. And should, should, they, should they overreact or not? Well, it wouldn't be Nebraska if you didn't overreact some, right? So uh, that's part and parcel of of being a Nebraska fan, I think, is to to make wild, dramatic assumptions based on playing each other in the spring. Uh, but I, I don't blame them for having some well-justified pessimism after the garbage product that's been on the field in the fall in recent years and the fact that they kept Scott Frost never really made much sense to me to begin with. Uh, so I, I do laugh at the, the predictions of four wins and the worst spring game in the past 20 years and killing the quarterback. I mean, let them up and let them breathe a little bit. I would imagine this is my guess is by August, these same fans will have come back around and, and gathered their optimism and say, well, you know, now we, we've made a couple tweaks here and there, and we did get this transfer in from somewhere and I'm looking at the schedule and it's manageable. 
eight wins. And they, they, the, the four-win guy will be an eight-win guy, and the worst spring game will have just been a blip, and it's all going to be fine, and then they'll actually play, and we'll see what Nebraska's really going to look like. I have no idea what makes a good spring game. If your offense does well, they're playing your defense. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, obviously you want to see a few things, but yeah, I don't know. Nebraska is such a reasonable place otherwise. <laughs> it's going to be a long year for Nebraska, I think. Oh, you know, I will say this. I don't think the leash will be long on Scott Frost. If they start badly, they'll fire him early. It's probably the thought, right? To bring him back, you want to be the first in line the next year. Yep. As we saw the fire early trend really accelerate last year, I, I if I were Scott Frost, I would be thinking, by golly, you better start fast. Yeah, you better beat Nebraska, North Dakota, and Georgia Southern to start 3-0. and Northwestern, yeah. They play them in Dublin, I think. Yeah, the right. In, yeah, they go to Ireland. That's Ireland. And then, yeah. That'll be the, the most important game in Iron, Ireland history. Most important American college football game. Yeah, they could use that. This is the Northwestern should be good year. Yeah, they right. Go good, yes. good and bad. But that Oklahoma visits on September 17th. Yeah, I mean. And then there's a two-week break. I mean, God, you got to beat Northwestern, North Dakota, and Georgia Southern. You would hope. You better. I, of course, I went to the game against the season opener against Illinois last year thinking, guy, you got to beat Illinois, and yeah, they that's didn't. That's true. That's true. All right, finally, uh, in Animal Attack or Animal Uprising. Again, your podcast for that. We bring this to you. The uh, Cornville, Arizona. Didn't know you grow much corn in Arizona, but apparently there's a Cornville. Uh, a hungry javelina, which is basically a pig, right? The type yeah. of pig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Arizona. Uh, climbed into a uh, Subaru station wagon going for a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently the hatchback had been left open overnight. Were they flaming uh, hot? That's my question. Yeah, that's yeah. really the question. <laughs> I would think a javelina in Arizona would want the flaming hot. Um, Huge question. The hatch then closed behind them. Uh, mm. So the, the animal is trapped. I do not know if it's a male or female javelina. Uh, it, it got a little rowdy, ripped part of the dashboard off, but to trying to escape, but managed to knock the car, the, the car out of neutral and <laughs> began rolling down the street, the driveway and across the street. Oh boy. The javelina <laughs> behind the wheel. Uh, it crashed and the javelina was not injured. Which is good. I don't know if the safety bags deployed or anything. They uh, were able to get the hatch open and the Avelina ran back into the wilderness. That's a scary job for the deputies. I'm glad he made yeah, it. Yeah, right. Because like I, you I, open it. I had a very similar situation on our uh, hunting race as a kid. <laughs> I, I had a very similar situation I to did. this. I did. I was, okay. I was a baby. The Javelina got in your car? No, I was the Javelina. <laughs> or you got in the car going for the bag of I, Cheetos. I, 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 oh. I must have been crawling in the front seat and knocked the old truck into neutral and went across a, a highway and, and, a, and ended up in a ditch. Wait, <laughs> Wait a minute. How so old were you? I was an infant. I don't remember this. Oh my god! Yeah, so my parents were chasing across me. a highway. Yeah, it was like it was like an old Texas like back road. But yeah, it, luckily, <laughs> luckily, a ditch stopped us. Oh my god, Sully! Wow. Sully, you're lucky you're with I us know. here today. Honestly, there's never so. a story weird enough that Sully doesn't have a personal <laughs> connection. <laughs> I did not expect right. a Sully antidote <laughs> off the Avelina stealing a Subaru <laughs> in Cornville, Arizona. I thought this was just. That's tremendous. Yeah, it was, wow. it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Holy moly. Well, I I mean, again, glad you're with us, but there, there are ways, I think, to combat the javelina car theft, right? I mean, first of all, close your hatchback. Why is that open overnight? Very sloppy. Very sloppy. And then who leaves Cheetos out? You take the Cheetos in, you eat the Cheetos. Well, Cheeto bags do not last long in, in my house. When they are purchased, they are consumed in rapid order. And if they're and, uh, and, and they, they get stale quick. So Yeah, right. No. You don't leave them hanging around. You, I don't think he yeah. cares about <laughs> You don't leave them waiting for the javelina to come and commit grand theft auto. The, the Yavapai County Sheriff's Office released a photo of the Avelina in the car. It is hysterical. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. It's like staring it, out through the front windshield. Yeah. Does it look guilty? Oh, no, actually, he's looking out the back now. He's looking out the back windshield, okay. of just staring like, let me out. And it's like, man, you got to let him out and then run. It's like, you open the yeah. door. I'm not oh, opening yeah. the door. You open the door. I ain't messing with no wild hog. You kidding? There, it does look guilty. There's really yeah. not a lot of, yeah, this was an actual, um, if this was actually a, a, a crime like we were charging, I, I think we would be pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Is there Cheeto dust on the javelina's face? Yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty that much dust. it. No. Probably licked his lip. It's been stuck in there all day. Man, that car is totaled. <laughs> Carfax, that bad boy. You'd be you like, want to what explain is this? that to the insurance company? Well, this wild pig got in the car. Yeah, because you left the door open. Yeah, right. You, you, you're, you're screwed. Uh, anyway, uh, that's where we're at. All right, we're going to do one podcast next week because I am on vacation. Yep. But I'll, I love you guys so much, I will still do one. How about that? We'll be blessed with Dan's presence from an undisclosed warm weather location. Yes. Down where all the coaches hang out. Yep. Hanging out with half the sec half the sec you know if you know you know that's where i'm going so we will we will be back so only expect one next week so listen to this one twice that's right so riveting have a great easter weekend if you observe and celebrate absolutely passover too for all our jewish friends passover Passover. too absolutely yep ramadan is i don't know where we are on ramadan but it's uh either happened or happening yep so yeah enjoy the holiday weekend if that's your thing just enjoy a spring weekend. Do not overreact to your spring game. <laughs> and please close the hatchback on the Subaru if you're in Arizona. <laughs> Subscribe. Leave us nice reviews. We will talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.